Oh yeah, Mike Moore, the music that just makes my heart beat very slowly, by the way, but it makes <laughs> it beat in a rhythm that says it's Theology on Mission podcast <laughs> time again. Can you believe how long it's been, Mike Moore? It's been a long time. I think I think the last podcast we did was with Sarah Coakley. 152 years ago. It was amazing. <laughs> By the way, that was an amazing podcast, and that was an amazing theology and mission lectureship. But here we are, folks. We're back. I'm very comfortable. I'm I'm sitting in front of a mic. Mike Moore is sitting in front of a mic. That's right. I've got my my McDonald's coffee. Yeah, you do. Black coffee, folks. I love it. And I rarely have I felt this good. Mike Moore, what'd you do? Anything interesting over the summer since Sarah Coakley's lecture? Summer. Did a good vacation up in Oregon. Summer in Chicago is the best. We you love know, we love summer in Chicago. I went to see soccer games. I went to baseball games. I went to weddings. I went to museums and music. Yeah, it was, it Dude, was a blast. Dude, you, you really are a Renaissance man. Yeah, you are Renaissance. What about you? you? Summer, summer highlight. Uh, we went to France to a theology conference. When I say we, it was Rayanne and myself, not Max yeah. Fitch, my son. He he stayed home to work. Good for him. Okay, we went to Canada for our normal vacation. We took our friend along, Jim Poole. We had a blast. Uh, the dog broke his toe, by the way. That's been a nightmare. Uh, okay. We Where else? We, we traveled. I went to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland rocks. I went to Cleveland with Gino, and we wrote up a pamphlet together, which we're going to be publishing in February. Folks, it was a busy and great summer. Probably not good for my dietary, my weight. Gained a few pounds, <laughs> but thoroughly enjoyable. Good. Good, good. Well, we're back at Northern Seminary. Another academic year. Yeah, Here we are. And, and it's going well, to it's say the well. least. I mean, that's an understatement. It's going really well, given all we've been through. I mean, space is clearing for a real uh, ministry of teaching, graduate work, uh, forming leaders, forming pastors for the kingdom uh i don't know about you mike moore but i i am very happy with where we are as northern seminary yeah ditto all right so so we're here to do a podcast Mm -hmm. it's good to check in with you we actually have talked a few times since uh, last june yeah believe it or not Uh, just a few but (laughs) but here's the topic for today are you ready I'm ready. I've not looked at this. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw it at you, <laughs> okay. and I'm and, and you're gonna you're gonna be put on the spot a lot in I'm this ready. podcast because I haven't quite figured out everything I'm trying to say in this podcast. Oh, this is from your. Does Facebook. this worry? Oh. Does this concern you? No, no, but yeah, I, I know what this is from. Okay, yeah, the other day, on Facebook. By the way, folks, you can look for my Facebook. It's Facebook backslash Fitchest one word F I T C H E S T. And we have these conversations all the time on that Facebook page. Sometimes we have to, you know, calm it down over there <laughs> and maybe get rid of a few people who aren't interested in conversation. Forgive me for, but we'll, we'll, we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> but here's what I said on the Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, and it stirred up a conversation. I said, the spiritual formation movement is in need of a correction if it's not to devolve into merely a discipleship program for affluent millennial Christians, true or false? 
excuse me. Let's get that one more time. The spiritual formation movement is in need of a correction if it's not going to devolve into another discipleship program for affluent millennial Christians. Mm. And we got, we got, it's fair to say, a lot of comments. And I enjoyed that sure conversation. Did. I was putting it out there to see where it would go. But here's my contention, and I want to see what maybe your thinking is on this in this present moment, Mike Moore, because you are a millennial, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I think I'm a geriatric millennial. And I wouldn't call you an affluent geriatric millennial. <laughs> no, no, me neither. But you're in that category. My yeah. contention in this post is that spiritual formation movement started out... This is in the 80s and 90s. It mm. kind of hit mid-stride around 2002 or sometime around there. And it was a corrective to the consumerist megachurches of the time, which was a very thin, performative, consumerist church worship, even a soteriology, a way yeah. of thinking about salvation. And, and, and so, so I think a lot of people who grew up in those 80s and 90s came out of that. Those would be the millennials. Mm -hmm. And they wanted something thicker, deeper. And here the, the, the great Dallas Willard stepped onto the stage. And he offered a way of discipleship that addressed one's formation. Really, mind, body, and soul into Christ's lordship and his kingdom and his presence. And I would even say there was a thicker sanctification at work in his proposals for spiritual formation yeah i thought and by the way i think i was one of those who sat at the feet of dallas willard and richard foster uh at, during those times and um they really uh helped some of us who were done with the consumerist megachurch mm -hmm. go on to a deeper uh thing yeah now you were probably in your teens and 20s at this time. Yeah, I remember in I remember 2002 reading Divine Conspiracy in college. Not yeah, in 1999 it. it was the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, Foster, uh, right. No, that was that was Willard. That was Willard. Oh, the spirit of discipline. The spirit of the yeah, disciplines. Yeah, 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 That's sorry. what I meant. Yeah, Celebration of Discipline was Celebration Foster. was Foster. Yeah. These books were huge. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that such substantive books became such bestsellers, really. Because yeah. rarely does a substantive book become a bestseller. It sells right. 50,000 copies. Yeah, 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 but, but okay, so over time, though, something happened. Are you with me out there, folks, in, in podcast land? Mm, yeah, yeah. Something happened. Yes. I think there was, can I call it a subliminal individualism okay. that was inherited from the evangelical megachurch? Okay. A lack, let's call this a lack of ecclesiology. Huh. And, and I, I don't want to throw Dallas under the bus because you and I both love Dallas. Yes. Willard, I should tell you a story, a personal story between me and Dallas Willard off air. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, now you just teased everybody. Well, I got a personal email from a personal friend from, from of Dallas Willard, not you, Keith, if you're listening. And he was in the ambulance with Dallas Willard on his last trip to the hospital uh -huh. before his passing. And he said, I had just endorsed a, a book about the theology of Dallas Willard. And right. this person showed it to Dallas. And Dallas said to this person, quote, T 
tell Dave to keep up the good work. Hey, there you go. That's pretty special. I've got that email framed in my office. <laughs> if anybody wants to see it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, tell Dave to keep up. That's great. The good work. That's awesome. But, you know, okay, even Dallas, I fear, had a vineyard slash Christian mm-hmm. Missionary Alliance slash A.W. Tozer slash Southern Baptist ecclesiology, an individualist yeah. ecclesiology. Yeah. yeah, kind of mainstream evangelical. And so, I mean, I don't know if he was sitting with us today, whether we would we would have to nuance that comment. So that was a rather harsh comment. Dallas, if you're listening right now, and I don't know if you are, I don't know how that works, the metaphysics of that, but I mean it in the best of ways. But there was, in the whole adoption of the spiritual formation movement, started by Dallas and Richard, subliminal, an underneath individualism that was inherited in the large evangelical churches that were taking it on. And so together with the lack of ecclesiology, this movement tended towards individualism, the tending to the mm-hmm. care of one's mm-hmm. individual soul. Yeah. I might even, here, here, let me throw this at you. And okay. I want you to comment on this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Even the tending, it, I'm saying it tended, I'm not saying Foster or Willard was at all directing the movement this way, but it tended to one's care of one's therapeutic, oh. naive Uh-oh. self, <laughs> leaving those in these programs prone to some of the same consumer deficits of the oh previous gosh. iteration of megachurch. All right, is that a little bit of a harsh moment there for you? <laughs> Comment. You better you better step in here, dude, because oh, we need some man. we need some nuance. Oh, I feel like I just, uh, I feel like I'm in over my head a little bit on that comment. You're going to bail on me? No, I'm not going to bail on you. I, 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 think what's, I think what's true is that you could take any of these practices and you could just do it, do it by yourself. And you wouldn't necessarily need somebody else or a community to discern the practices with you. I'm, can you unpack the therapeutic thing a little more? Well, I just Like, think- how are you using therapeutic? I just think that, and I'm, I'm going to get into this, so we don't need to unpack it right now because I got okay. three, I got three observations, and three suggestions. But, but folks, if if you go away on a Sabbath uh-huh. or a day, it many times it can be interpreted as self care. Yeah. Or if I go away for a three day silence retreat. Mm-hmm. It can be inter. I know there's all these programs that do this in and towards and out of the person work of Jesus Christ and the narrative and how we are fitting yeah, ourselves yeah, yeah, in, yeah, into yeah. that. But it can devolve into personal spiritual experience for the sake of, of therapeutic self care. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of ends up being a vacation dipped in Christian language. Yeah, I think that absolutely can happen. I, I wouldn't use the word vacation. Well, okay, yeah, I was being a little pejorative there. That was a little rough. <laughs> okay, so a lot of people are listening to us right now, and, 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 they're, and they're going, oh, here we go, uh, a bunch of okay, fundamentalist okay. idiots <laughs> yeah. uh, who don't know what they're talking about, who've never been on a three-day silence retreat. I have multiple times. One thought is that it does help to be a little affluent to go on a three-day silent retreat where you 
can take time off of work or you can pay for it or you can pay for childcare or you just have flexibility over your job. I still am an advocate of Dallas Willard. Oh, me too. And Richard Foster. And Life on the Vine, the church that Rianne and I planted, it's still going well up there, folks, up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. It was built on the idea that in response to the consumerist megachurch, we needed a place of formation. Of course, yes. Not into more of the cultural consumerist tendencies, but into the person and work of Jesus. And this required a liturgical church service, a a, a contextualized liturgical driven, mm -hmm. historic driven, depth driven church service. And that's what we did. So I'm not here, folks, to sweep Dallas Willard or or Richard Foster or, you know, there's there's a, been a whole movement. Yeah, there's, there's contemporaries like uh, John Mark Comer, R Ruth, Ruth Haley, Haley Barton. Barton yeah. James Brian Smith, A.J. Svoboda, Mary right. Kate Morris. Yes. Our friend Aaron Nequist. Yeah. You know, Robert Weber. Robert oh, Weber Bob was Weber. here. Oh, Bob Weber's incredible. We love him, Todd Hunter. So all these yep. people, we love you out there if you're listening. I don't know if any yeah, of them are. Maybe. But if 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 but so we're not throwing any of these people under the bus. No. We're we're just saying there might be a moment here that a correction is needed if it's not going to devolve into merely another discipleship program for affluent millennial Christians. So let me get to my three okay. fears that there's a drift going on. Okay. Oh, I think I took one of yours. Yeah, go ahead. Three fears. Mm -hmm. And then I want to propose an alternative. Okay. Okay. First of all, the drift, I got three drifts, the drift towards self care Two, the drift towards affluence. Mm -hmm. Three, the drift towards Pelagianism. Ooh, seminary word. Okay, I have to throw in Pelagianism. <laughs> to get some street cred. You, from, you have to get a Pelagian Well, to get some street cred from Beth Jones, you know, okay. and, and who's, who's quite up there in the systematic theological, right. historic theological world. By the way, folks, if you want to come study with her, we are at Northern Seminary, seminary.edu. Okay, but anyways, the drift towards self-care. Self-care is important, but if we're not careful, spiritual formation can become focused on self-care and no longer be formation into the presence and transformational power, person, and work of Jesus Christ. It can become self-management you know and, and ultimately mm -hmm. by the way if i can just put it this way and this is right out of narrative and virtue ethics folks that i studied in the 90s and you know in other words it's character and yeah. it's 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 from the well from whence some of which dallas willard was coming from oh, not yeah, not all i mean yeah. he was he was into hegel and all that mm -hmm. other stuff but anyway ultimately it, we, we all manage ourselves we orient ourselves, maybe a better word, into towards goals and purposes and visions and narratives that we receive from somewhere. And if we're not uh, spiritually forming ourselves to submit to who God is, what he's doing in our lives, what he's doing in the world, what his purposes are, we will submit ourselves to where we are already located mm -hmm. in terms of our values, our purposes, our goals our visions, 
our narrative. Remember, Vision was a big part of of Dallas Willard. And by the way, yeah. he did provide a very substantive vision for the Christian life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so can I, am I overstretching? I'm not saying it's happening to all the names I just mentioned, but I'm saying it could happen that the world of the American dream and wealth accumulation and giving yeah, ourselves to altru yeah. altruistic causes and uh, that we are spiritually forming ourselves to become better persons towards those ends and purposes and goals instead of the person work reign lordship of christ mm. over all the world you're saying that we're treating spiritual for formation as a way to become better americans well, that's a little little bit rough yeah, <laughs> second little, time you called me out for just that's a just being direct uncharitable well I, I i'm trying to trying to condense your argument uh, you know no well okay so so just think about this for a minute with me. If you start teaching spiritual formation as part of a large church, mm -hmm. I'd say 500 people to a couple of thousand people, you're really distributing these practices, these spiritual disciplines, even if you're trying to form them in communities, which I, I do think John Mark Homer does. Of course. It'll devolve into your own personal devotional life. Because, because it's it's because it's a big, huge crowd, and you're distributing it to a huge crowd that not not to a group, not to a monastic community mm -hmm. that's 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 signing up for a rule of life, doing these things together in a socially I don't want to say accountable but socially yeah. interactive way. You're saying it's about scale and it becomes a program. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. One sentence you said what I was trying and stuttering <laughs> to say for at least a good five minutes. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So, so this is the drift towards, uh, I think you could call it the, the drift towards individualism or the drift towards self-care. Jared Boyd has a new book. Are we, are we having him on the podcast in the next Yeah, uh, he's coming in December. So he, he, he's got this new book called Finding Freedom in Constraint. And the introduction is fabulous, folks. I hope you read it on page... 14, he talks about the primary problem with spiritual formation movements is that we've tried to do the life of spiritual formation alone as mm -hmm. individuals. Page 14. And in the process, it inevitably becomes about us, me, having a better Christian life. And, and so just, just by the way, to give my buddy Rich Velotis a commercial here, his book is... I can see the book. cover. Tree. De deeper, deeply formed. Deeply formed life? I think that's it. Folks, deeply is in the title. Rich, you know I'm bad on titles or at least remembering them. But he, he works vigorously in that book to s create a social way mm -hmm. of doing the disciplines that shape us into the work that God's doing to disrupt and change the world and its injustices. So with that commercial and, and, and with that statement, Okay, the drift towards self-care, I think we might be in need of a little warning that this can happen, especially when you turn it into a program yeah. for your large church. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I don't sense you're disagreeing with me very much. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just thinking if I pastored a large church, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Really? 
Okay, well, I'm going to give you something to do with that. Okay. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying I got a suggestion. Yeah. Okay. Second thing is the drift towards affluence. Like, I have noticed how so much of the spiritual formation programs in large churches are appealing to white affluent millennials. I don't think that's just large churches, too. You think that's smaller churches, too? I mean, what I'm talking about, what I worry about is we've turned a spiritual formation into a program that um, that only affluent people can afford. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, okay, I remember when we were, I'm not going to mention where, when, or why, but I was involved in a church where we were going to do the spiritual disciplines as part of our routines mm-hmm. in and teach on them in our house groups. And the first one was Sabbath. And I I just want to tell you, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because there was the people that I foresaw in my house group as being part of the house group. Some of them didn't have jobs. Some of them were struggling to make ends meet. Some of them couldn't pay the bills. Some of them, their very self-identity. And I don't want to mention any names, but I've got people in my Mm -hmm. vision neighbors yeah that whose very identity was they were struggling with it because they didn't and couldn't find work and couldn't have a job that gave them a sense of self-worth and i'm not saying your job i'm not saying your job should be your Mm self-worth but in this case the first thing i'm going to say is sabbath you need to take a sabbath and these people uh uh the sabbath is 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 a is a righteous attempt to undermine our busyness and our addiction to productivity and and giving that up to God. But it wasn't going to hit the spot for the people that I felt so desperately wanted to be around my table Mm -hmm. and do discipleship with. And I, my thought is this works for affluent Christians who are working 60 hours a week. Okay. Three day solitude, silent retreats that cost money, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, these retreat centers are great. Hey, I love the retreat centers. And, and believe me, pastors these days are underpaid, overstressed, yes, and, and taking on so much of a load of people's burdens and ills and struggles and antagonisms. They yeah. need this. Yes. But all I'm saying is this costs money for the average person. And, and, and so money and is it? Is it? Affluent people who can afford this, you know, you know, a private spiritual director. Uh, I don't know. Does 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 insurance pay for that? I don't know. <laughs> no, but, it does but not. <laughs> it seems to me all these things are appealing to and making possible spiritual formation for affluent millennial and older Christians. And I worry yeah. about that. I think it can also lead to the temptation in that if you do optimize your rule of life just right if you figure it out if you pick the right practices and disciplines to do at the right time then somehow you can have mastery over your world and ensure that you will become like jesus am i saying that that that's what people here are promoting but i think there is that temptation yeah yeah and so just to pile on right now and and folks again I just got to reiterate. I think spiritual formation, the movement, the authors we've all talked about, 
I have been the benefactor of the, yes. the not the benefactor, the beneficiary of and the being blessed by all of this. So my attempt is not to to uh, throw a movement under the bus. My attempt here is maybe offer some words that can sure. save and deepen and strengthen the movement. So my last my last drift is the drift towards Pelagianism. I, I sometimes feel that that we're asked to imitate Christ, or the goal here is to follow in the way of Jesus, or the goal is here. Here's here's maybe the words that kind of hit for me. Uh, become more like Jesus. Okay, I'm I'm just worried that this language turns into a uh, self-effort, uh, legalistic, not legalistic in the old way, right. but I'm going to try hard now to be like Jesus. And I ask the question to you, Mike Moore, are we called to be like Jesus? The agency seems to be on me. I've got to work hard. I've got to yeah. do more spiritual formation in order to be like Jesus. I know that that Willard made the distinction between effort and earning. Earning. Mm -hmm. I know that. I get that. That's right out of the Protestant handbook from Martin Luther, <laughs> 1517 or something. Right, right. But I'm worried that separated unto itself, again, the problem of individualism, this becomes all about me becoming more like Jesus. And I don't think that's our goal. Our goal is to come to, to surrender our lives to Jesus, to come and under his lordship, submit to his lordship and participate in his kingdom. Not, I don't think we can become like Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus was God. <laughs> yeah. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is that it can, that language of becoming like Jesus can just be another version of self actualization. Yeah. And then there's the question of if you, if you, if you, Jesus gives us lots of disciplines to do. Yeah. How to, how to, live into the kingdom like i i consider reconciliation matthew 18 a discipline on how to live into mm -hmm. the kingdom i consider pick up your cross and follow me <coughs> to be a discipline a yeah. practice a dis an, an act of denying oneself and suffering to follow jesus and his purposes mm -hmm. for your life out of which you will find your life i consider all these things not trying to be jesus or be right, like jesus right. but to follow jesus and come under Jesus as our Lord, Savior, Healer, yeah. and returning kingdom, uh -huh. king. Returning meaning he's king now, and he's returning a kingdom. Yeah. So all that to say, I think there's a sniff of, of Pelagianism in that, that somehow we can, out of our own effort, participate yeah. with our salvation, as opposed to Augustine, that yeah. you, you cannot... Right, out of your right. own effort. We need to be saved. Yeah, we must depend on entirely the work of the Holy Spirit and participate yeah, in him. Yeah. And, and and there's a there's a subtle posture change there that is everything for me in the yeah. way God works in our lives. Yeah, I I think this is why I've sometimes had an allergic reaction to the spiritual formation movement because I could probably come up come up with a list of 20 different practices, 20 different disciplines. How many does John Mark Comer have in his uh, his uh, program? I don't know. I think I mean, there's like thirty or something, or twenty eight uh, really? or something. I don't remember how many there are. But if you if you would take an aggregate of all these authors we've written, 
I'm guessing there's at least 20 or 30. And then I feel overwhelmed because I don't even know where to begin. I only have so much time in a day. How am I going to do all these things? How am I going to do all these things in a given week? Dude, I am, I am so into this discussion. I'm thinking about ending this podcast and, 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 and answering some of these questions in my own way in another half an hour. Right. But we're running out of time. I mean, we can. We can if you uh, want to. I don't think we should. Okay. Uh, here's what I want to, here's where I want to land the ship. Huh? All right. And this is a total self promotion and I can't believe I'm going to do this, <laughs> but I think we need to move the disciplines from becoming individual disciplines that are even capable of being done as an individual okay. to social disciplines. Okay. So in other words, in faithful presence, yeah. I argued the main disciplines are reconciliation, which you can't do by yourself. And by the way, it is just transformative of your character. When you submit mm -hmm. in conflict or in disagreement or in sin to someone else right. and work it out and hear where you failed if you're the sinner mm -hmm. or allow someone else who sinned against you to reflect on what's going on in their lives. Right. And I granted it's, it's a lot, it's the practice of reconciliation is much disdained in some circles, mm -hmm. but it's a major, it's a major decision that you can't do by yourself. Eating right. around a table and being present and listening to someone else and letting them listen to you and what's going on in your life is a social mm -hmm. practice. It's a social sacrament. It's, it's the Eucharist, you know, and I got, I got like five, six more yeah. about how to be with people and allow those practices to change your life in the power of what God does mm. interrelationally through other people. So move the disciplines from individual to social disciplines. So I can't re read my, my Bible? You can still read your Bible alone, but you have to submit it to a church where there's an ongoing work of interpretive hermeneutic. Oh, I just used another word. Forget that, folks. Okay, the second thing is affluent to every day. When we move, when we move discipleship from these affluent or these these specialized spiritual formation practices to sitting around the table once mm -hmm. a week with people in a practice which i which you know i have written elsewhere about of getting together and and thanking god eating together listening mm -hmm. and then discerning the apostles teaching and then praying and we're dealing with our lives as it's happening yeah present to one another this takes it out of this something only affluent people can do mm. and makes it part. Of, we actually become one with one another and hopefully with people who don't look like us yeah. or aren't in the same class structure as us. Yes. yes. Faithful presence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my last point is going from Pelagian, the temptation to make it all about my personal imitation to my presence to Jesus in my life, in, in, in my church, among my friends, and in my neighborhood. Hmm. Going from making it about me becoming more like Christ to me participating with Christ under his lordship and power in my life in all three circles of my life. All right. That's <laughs> right out of faithful presence and I didn't intend when I wrote that little thing on Facebook to end with faithful presence, but it just seems like these are the potential drifts that we're in danger of. And what's, what's the way out? I at least yeah. wanted to offer somebody out there yeah. Yeah. an opportunity. 
I, I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago and had a conversation with a few people about this. One of the things I noticed from your Facebook post is that most people were in agreement that there's a problem. Normally when you have that, that many responses, it's because people are going back and forth and taking sides. But overall, it's pretty univocal and it, it agreed with you that, that there's an issue. Just people are searching for the solution. Yeah, so uh, anyways, hopefully, folks, that was a helpful discussion because this is Theology on Mission podcast where we discuss issues of culture for Christ's mission. And I think spiritual formation is an issue of culture for our time. Okay, so that wraps it up for today. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till we get back here at this table and do seven more because this <laughs> is the start of season nine. It might be season 10. I, don't, I, I think don't. it's nine. Okay, maybe. But you will find out when we post these, <laughs> whether right. it's 9 or 10. So, Mike Moore, it's been a pleasure being back with you here at Always Northern good. Seminary. Always good. And we praise God for what he's doing here at Northern Seminary. Here, yes. healing a lot of the open wounds, reshaping not only, I don't know, our administration and our staff into some healing and, and some new vision for who we can be, but the, the professors and the students, I think just, it's just it's just a an outpouring of, of and, and the board, man, I can't tell you how encouraged I am by the board that's seeking to do and heal and reconcile and go mm-hmm. forward and make Northern Seminary a place where we can do the work of training for the kingdom. So yeah. with that with that last commercial, that was great. Mike Moore, thanks for being with us, folks out there. We will be back with seven more episodes in this first tranche i'm going to call it a tranche (laughs) a tranche of episodes for theology on mission podcast we look from here we look forward to hearing from you on any platform giving us a recommendation until then it's over and out mike moore and dave finch